welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death, your favorite movie podcast where a couple talk about horror movies and one of them is scared to death. My name is Cindy. I'm Josh. I'm not the one that's scared to death. No, because he's seen them all and he analyzes them and his job is to hold my hand when I cry. Um, (laughs) This month we're doing the Insidious movies and we are on the third week of March, so obviously... We're on Insidious. Is it Chapter Three? Is it that is the official three. title? Insidious colon Chapter colon. Three. Okay, Insidious colon Chapter Three. Yeah. So does this pick up right as the other one left off, like the first one, like the second one did to the first one? I don't know. That's a thing you have to guess at. Remember? Well, but before you said, "Oh, this locks nicely together." Okay, does this one lock nicely together too? Kind of. Okay. Thank you. But maybe in a Is way that, that so you hard? Don't expect. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. We shall see. Uh, this movie was released June 5th, 2015. So these movies just came out one year after the next. No. I the first one was 2011. Okay. 2013. It's every two years. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's about the normal. Yeah. Uh, 2015. What were you doing? 2015. Um, I believe I was... Back in this house after a quick adventure away from this house. Wait, when did Donald Trump become president? He got elected in 2016 and took office in 2017. Okay, so no, I was about to go down a not good path and take an adventure away from the house that I should not have taken. 2015. Yay. 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 Um... (laughs) <laughs> I went on an adventure I should not have gone on, but that's okay, because I got some experience points. 2015 is the year that I got my massive concussion at Presley Ridge. <laughs> Remember and, last week's episode when you're like, oh, this is when I left Children's Home Society for Presley Ridge. Mm-hmm. This is the year <laughs> Two I left, years later. Yeah, this year I left uh, Presley, Presley Ridge. Ridge. God. After getting a massive concussion and then wanting me to work the next day and being mad that I couldn't. Yeah. If you can't come in tomorrow, it's a problem. It's a problem. You are texting me while I'm actively in the ER, but okay. I was waiting to see if my brain was bleeding. <laughs> there you go. Lovely. Uh, the world of 2015 was an interesting place. Okay. Uh, the well, election apparently. cycle hadn't really taken off yet. There was no concept of a Donald Trump run, let alone presidency. Hi, I'm from New Jersey. There was always the fucking threat of Donald Trump throughout well, my the life. Threat, the threat of Donald Trump doing something awful has just always been there. Yep. But like... There was no real election cycle in 2015 yeah. yet. I mean, there's the, always the early, like... But it wasn't but what it would become. major at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, at the world at large, Saudi Arabia started its offensive in Yemen. Yep. Um, liquid <sighs> water was found on Mars. Oh, that was a fun... I do remember that. That was, yeah. fu- that was fun. That um, was a moment of levity. I think we recently covered 2015 with... I think, I think it so. Follows. That I think it sounds about right. Uh, U.S. airstrikes... Uh, that U.S. airstrike occurred on the Doctors Without Borders yeah, tent. That we never talked about again. <laughs> Killed like 30 people. And then we never talked about it again. Because America, we don't make mistakes. Nope. So boom. Except we did. People that died in 2015 other than those doctors. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> how was that for transition? Damn. I went okay. to transition class just to learn how to transition topics. Like that. And I just, you, see, you hear that pivot? <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> it was a beautiful pivot. It was a beautiful squeal, babe. <laughs> Rod Taylor, Leonard Nimoy, Terry Pratchett. Ugh. B.B. King, Christopher Lee. Yeah, uh, we've talked about this. Omar Sharif, Robert Loja. Robert Loja. Yeah, and the new word was ghost kitchen. Ghost kitchen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I. <laughs> wow, that's how far behind I am because I just learned what a ghost kitchen was. Where, you weren't learning the new lingo in 2015? Nope. So. Nope. nope I do nope, have nope. good news for you, though. Okay. So, Insidious <laughs> Chapter 3 uh, is the shortest of the Insidious yes. books we've seen thus far. It is one hour and 37 minutes. Ooh, they went seven minutes above what they needed to to be called a movie. All right. Yeah, it's 80 minutes to be a movie. Whatever. I thought it was 90. It's 80. Even better. Okay, sorry. It might actually be 78, but I think it's 80. Um, so there you go. This movie is also PG-13. All right. Uh, we Do we have lose, any cast? Yeah. We what? lose James Wan. So James Wan. As the director. Was off doing Fast and Furious 7. Mm. He got he got upgraded. Visionary is gone to Fast and Furious Seven. Okay, so Lee Winnell, the writer, takes on writing and directing duties in this film. All right, so Lee Winnell pulling double duty for a now absent James. What Bond. about the cast? Do we lose anybody? Um, change anybody out? We do. We lose the entire Lambert family. <laughs> okay, but returning are Elise. actors Lynn Shea, yep. Angus Sampson, Lee Winnell. Steve Coulter, uh, Tom Fitzpatrick, and Joe uh, Joe Bashara. Okay. Okay. So if you're keeping track at home, That's, that it's Elise, right? Tucker and Specs. Yep. And Carl. Carl. Yep. The Bride in Black. Okay. And the Lipstick Demon. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Um, Yay. Adding to our cast, the new members. Makes me happy that the family's like okay they're done yeah there's a bit there's an end there is an end although apparently they're the there's going to be a fifth one and it centers around the kid as in college that's how long ago oh my god the little ty simpkins i'm so old is in college oh my god (laughs) it's gonna be in college in the new film jesus there you go uh worth noting before we move on to the new cast that joe bashara who plays the lipstick demon Mm -hmm. you know He's the film's composer, and he's composed the music for all. Yes, the films. Yeah. that is. Yeah, um, whenever we watch a scary movie, uh, Josh makes me watch the making of so that I'm not as scared. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. So I do with you. So after Insidious, the first one we watched, and that's how I learned about the uh, lipstick monster. Yes. So new cast, new cast, new pledges. We got <laughs> Dermot, uh, Dermot Mulrooney. Okay. Who was in Young Guns, My Best Friend's Wedding. The Family Stone, a yep. movie that my parents love. <laughs> Zodiac, a movie that I love. <laughs> and The Gray, another movie that I love. We did that earlier, first we, month, first the gray? It was the Liam Neeson. Yeah, we did that. Wolf the wolf movie. movie. We did a whole wolf, uh, We did a whole month of wolves. Did we do that yes. for the wolf month? Mm, we did it. We're going to have to go back to the archive. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stephanie Scott's in this. She's in Beautiful Boy. And Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Tate Burney. Love that name. Who, I wrote down two things he was in. Taint or Tate? Taint. Yeah, someone named their child Taint. That's what I mean. Taint misbehaving. Well, that's what, <laughs> okay. Tate. Well, that's what Tate makes me think of, Taint. Tate Burney. Okay. Burning Taint. Um, he's a child who was in All oh, My now Children. I feel bad. All right. And Sons of Anarchy. 
Okay. So, so two soap operas, just one with motorcycles and murder. <laughs> All right. Uh, Michael Reed McKay's in this. Michael Reed that? McKay is a very tiny human who I've met. Uh, he's in X2, the second X-Men movie, and people are, say arguably the best X-Men movie. By those people, do uh, mean you? It, uh, probably. I think it's probably the best. Ace Ventura. He's in Ace Ventura. Okay. And he's the mummy in Monster Squad. Oh, so that's a, why you've met him. He's a very tiny human. So there you go. And then Haley Kiyoko was in Gem and the Holograms. Ooh. And I, was on the show CSI Cyber because you need another CSI show. Yeah. I did not even know that show existed and I already know it was not good. Cyber crimes. Okay. So there you go. Like I said, we do lose James Wan, but he does cameo in this movie. Oh, like as an actor? Yeah. All right. So there's a scene where one of the characters is trying out for a theatrical play or like a college, and he's the theatrical director. All right. So it's just fun to be like, holy shit, it's James Wan. So he still gave his okay and approval to this movie. He just oh, didn't yeah. like him and, it. him and Lee Winnell are besties. Gotcha. Right? Like they came up through the ranks. They did Saul together. They... Basically, I think this is the first thing. I think Fast and Furious Seven is the first thing that he directed that Lee Woodell didn't write. Oh, so the, like like feature film ones. Gotcha. Yeah, so they're tight, tight. Yeah. So there you go. Yay! Where can we watch this movie? We have been watching uh, the Blu-rays, but I'm sure they're available for free somewhere, right? Well, These, this, this is a it hot, that, popular. It was that weird thing where you needed to rent the first and the, and this one. But the second one's on Netflix. That's weird. Right? Why would you do that? I don't know. Because it's Netflix. But according to trusty IMDb, it looks like you have to rent it from Prime. All right. But most people probably already own it or have seen this movie. And are just listening to our podcast to hear me scream. Are you ready for this poster? All right. This is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a poster or a print from the movie. And I try to discern the plot. And go. Tagline. Tagline. This is how you die. This is how you die. It's Friday. So there's a girl and she's sitting up in bed like the beginning of Cinderella and the door is cracked open and there's like a light and it's like going right down her body like in the Aerosmith video for Jamie's Got a Gun. Um, I'm going to say it went off. I'm going to say that this is a continuation of the story and it's a new family and there's a new child who is... uh, traveler or who was in a coma and brought back this lipstick demon and now elise has to go toe-to-toe with them again that's what i say (laughs) that's what i say homie all right well we're off to uh, watch i think you'll like this Mm. and i think you'll find this one i don't know i don't know if this one will scare you more or less than the previous ones did how how was uh my sleep after watching the second one. Fine. Okay. Well, then, yeah. That first one fucked you up. I know. That's why I was curious if uh, the other one did. I don't remember anything, guys. I have a weird sleep disorder. Um, I remember none of it. I sleep great. The medication makes me feel pretty good. <laughs> but uh, my subconscious sometimes beat the, beats the living hell out of Josh. It's his punishment for making me watch these movies. Okay. It's my own version of The Shining, I feel like. <laughs> Where I'm right. Wendy. And I, one of these days, I'm just going to start trying to beat down a door. <laughs> and I'll wake up and be like, oh, what's happening? 
That's going to be a mess. Okay. Well, we're off to the movies, guys. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. I wish you could answer me, Mom. Mr. Atkins said he'd fail me if I was even a minute late again. My mom died a year and a half ago. It's like sometimes I can feel her around me. Mom? You have to be very careful. If you call out to one of the dead, all of them can hear you. Insidious Chapter 3. Chapter 3. And uh, it was a bit of a prequel. I wouldn't call it a prequel. I would just call it like a forward. Yeah. I think the craziest part of this movie is how Which I screamed. they sent her to live in Chicago with her aunt and uncle. And then there was like a tower and ghost in <laughs> It was almost the same. Yeah. No. <laughs> this does follow Poltergeist a bit. Uh, so this is the pre. This, this is the forward to the Insidious book. This is um, a little bit about Elise and how Elise came into her powers, or her power, and how she used it and learned how to use it and well, met up with the, I the Geek say, Squad. I wouldn't. It definitely is the connection how she met Tucker and Specs, but it's definitely not how she got to her powers. Well, it tells she had she, given them up. But this was the, yeah, I guess it's true. She had given them up. This was how she became more confident in her power. Is that, is that a better? It's how she became a little more sassy. 
Well, she just came to like not be so scared to to kind of overcome the dark bride or the black bride or whatever we're calling her. That's what this movie was about. What does IMDb or how does IMDb kind of sum it up? Uh, a prequel set before the haunting of the Lambert family right. that reveals how gifted psychic Elise reluctantly agrees to use her ability to contact the dead in order to help a teenage girl who has been targeted by a dangerous supernatural entity, which uh, was not mentioned in your synopsis. Oh, no, it was not. Um, Neither was. I mean, I, I screamed so many times. This movie had me just losing my mind. Um, the plot of this one I didn't think was as good as chapters one and two, but I think the scares were, I mean, a jump scare is a jump scare. If you put a good jump scare in a Hello Kitty cartoon, I'm going to scream. <laughs> and boy, howdy, did I. Except this time, um, the biggest scare for me this time was not a ghost. My biggest one this time was, um, spoiler alert, when the girl gets hit by the car or the truck, I lose my mind. <laughs> I was so scared. <laughs> It just because it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I that scared me, um, not because of the actual jump itself of the car hitting her. How brutal it is, and not even how brutal it was. We watched this with your mom right after she had shoulder, shoulder surgery, yeah. and she like threw her arm up, and I thought she'd re injured herself. Yes, in the process of like <clears throat> screaming at that scare. And I felt really bad. I was like, man, if I inadvertently fucked your mom's no, arm up would, by having her watch this movie, I, I, I it, would feel really bad. She would have been in a lot, screaming a lot more than uh, if yeah. it was just that. So this movie has characters from... It has Specs. Tucker. I always want to say Tonks. That's not right. And, uh, and Elise. Elise. And it has... Um, the Bride. Yeah. It's got... You see it's the got the main it's, demon. It's got all your favorites. But it All feels, your favorite demons back for... It doesn't feel super connected to the no. other Insidious films. No. Right. Even in, with the inclusion of the Black Bride and the Lipstick Demon, spoiler alert, it, it, yeah, you're right, it doesn't. And I'll go out on a limb and tell you this now, because okay. we're going to watch the fourth film. This is the least connected to the wider uh, Insidious world. All right. Um, and, and I think it has to do with the fact that the villain wasn't seen in any other previous film. Why is it in, in Insidious one? 4? It's kind of a standalone. The family only appears in Insidious 3. Okay. This film feels very contained. It, it has, I mean, obviously characters, but it doesn't have the same thing Insidious 2 did where it locked into the previous yes. movie or it has a lot and I think of that's what I was kind of asking about in the front half of the movie was, does this lock in like the other one? No. And no, it doesn't, but <clears throat> it doesn't need to. It's not, it, it is a standalone. Yes, yeah. you could watch this and, and not see the other ones to be perfectly fine. Yeah, Insidious 3 has this thing where it it almost feels like an episode of like an X-Files or whatever, where it's like, here's the same characters, here's another wacky adventure, Yeah, but it doesn't really tie into the previous ones. Yeah, that's a good um, way to put it. It, it did seem like... Um, like the Monster of the Week episodes of the X-Files. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, this movie, again, ghosts love fucking with families. So we, again, fuck with a family. This time, it's a father who's an electrician who has two kids and a recently-ish... Deceased wife. Yeah, we don't know exactly. Probably in the last year-ish yeah. or When so. it happened. Um, and the daughter tried to contact the mother 
and accidentally brought over, you know, the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I was being spooked. I think that's... The, by the man who cannot breathe. I think that's the creepiest line in the whole movie is when Elise tells Quinn that when you reach out to one of the dead, they all, they all can you. hear you. And I was like, mm, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> don't care for that at all um and then i am not of the um belief that ghosts can hurt people i just said i'm not in the belief that ghosts Ghosts are real real. i know Uh, you ever hear the a quick aside the stanley kubrick stephen king conversation story no what where stephen king had written the shining and kubrick was doing the shining and they were talking as they were prepping the movie yeah See our episode in season two for that. (laughs) Kubrick told him, he's like, isn't this movie like inherently like uh, uplifting and kind of positive? And Stephen King's like, the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, but by the sheer nature that there are ghosts, that means that there's an afterlife. So that's got to be more positive than what I think happens. (laughs) Oh, Stephen King's like, that's fucked up, man. A fucking maniac. (laughs) And he was right. So there you go. And he was right. Uh, I would gladly accept the haunting of the ghost of Steve, uh, Stanley Kubrick, please. I mean, you know. Walking around in the house like there straight used to and be, things and buying stationery. Do you and remember being... the Beetlejuice cartoon? Mm-hmm. I used to watch that. And then when I was at my grandparents' house, they had this very kind of cool tree that I would climb in because I was kind of a loner kid. And um, I pretended that Bill and I were, it was like Beetlejuice, but it was William Shakespeare. And I called him Bill. That's a very interesting <laughs> and telling uh, <laughs> look into your life. I was I... a very weird little kid. Well, I mean, I guess that would have been maybe 10, 11. Yeah, still a kid. Yeah. I think I may have mentioned this in the Poltergeist episode. And if I didn't, I'm sorry. It's going to get brought up here. I had a similar thing with a tree in our yard, but I had G.I. Joe Wars, mm-hmm. and there used to be a candy you would get at Halloween, and it came, it was like little kind of sweet, tarty, hard yeah. bones and skulls and shit, and they came oh, yeah, in yeah, little yeah. coffins. Well, the coffins- Candy in the 90s was wild. Perfectly sized to put a G.I. <laughs> so did you used to have like- Hero funerals. So we would like have wars, and G.I. Joe's would die, and we would have we would bury them with honors underneath. Did the you tree take like our side yard? The little flags from like people's yards, and use it to like drape <laughs> over the coffin. No, because those flags would have been a, a little too big. Okay, but I just remember like one time it pissed the rain down, and all these little coffins were started like floating to the <laughs> surface, where we like buried them over like three or four years oh that's the most josh thing i've heard so there, there you go there's my childhood tree story i used to put a bag over my head and run around and see what i could run into but that's a different story uh this movie <laughs> welcome to the therapy hour and <laughs> just something i did uh, i was a weird kid yeah speaking of weird uh quinn harper and the movie. girl that's the girl right mm-hmm. quinn first off she so she has broken both her legs and, and said car accident. And the all hit, hit her. One is set straight. One is set like at a Barbie pose. Like like kind of bent, but not really. And there, that's not a way that it like She's it's Captain bent. Morganing it. Yeah, it's very, it yeah. was a very strange setup the way that they had 
her legs in a cast in casts um, in plastic. But don't worry, those casts don't stay on the entire movie. Oh. Because once no. the man who can't breathe takes over her body, he, he just bangs shatters them on the footboard of the bed and then walks around to... You can hear the bones, bones breaking yeah. and rubbing against each other. And Long story short. <laughs> Long story short. Cindy she, uh, she meets this entity called the man who can't breathe, who also is pulling double duty. Because he spends half of his time fucking with her and half of his time fucking with Elise, which I don't understand. Neither do I. Also, there, there's that other girl who, uh, the other entity, who I guess completed suicide at some point and was also haunting that place. Well, that but she sense. completed suicide because that man was haunting he, her? That No. So how that works is... He possesses people and makes them kill themselves. So he has them there Got with it. his pets for all time. Okay. And that's, that was I his... missed that that small little part. Okay. <laughs> you missed that giant key to what the bad guy was doing. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. But but it's, for mean, the podcast, that is what he did. That's what he was doing. That's clear once you watch the movie more than once. But the first time through, you're just like, oh, he's haunting her. Right. Like. They're not super clear on the outset that he's there to get her to commit suicide. But second time through, you could tell easily. All right. So, yeah. And uh, the thing about this movie is you just got to remember it's. It follows the rules, the same rules as the first two. It's haunting this family, specifically her, because she's a gateway. But unlike the first film. Right. Where the, the demon is trying to get in someone's body take it over and cause chaos it's trying to have them trap souls to torture in that the makes sense why it itself. said to elise that he yeah okay yeah yeah now what doesn't make any sense is why it's fucking with her because yeah <laughs> she's the one person who has the power to like fight it to fight back and and she's done she has wants nothing to do with it and it's just like goading her yes which i don't understand Me <laughs> leave her the fuck alone so that's the a story is this family fighting this thing that's tearing their family apart in their apartment by fucking up their roof and everything again there's a family member who just goes away the kid the kid he just goes away yeah, the youngest member about of him. every family in the insidious movie is useless yep um so there you go but the b story is and it's this thing that you kind of got to be paying attention to at mm. first is Elise lost her husband to suicide. Yes. So there's suicide in the A plot and suicide in the B plot. He completed suicide like a year ish ago and she sleeps with like his sweatshirt or a sweater that smells like yeah, him. And that was really sad. You know, she's like, this takes a toll on me. Like, I can't do it anymore. I'm. Yeah, I'm she... retired. And at first it's because she's sad, but also because every time I go in there, the, the yeah, the, the, black... the bride character yeah, thing, from Insidious. Two's there to fuck with and me. this time we learned that there's been a prophecy that the Black Bride has said that it will kill her and she's afraid of being strangled. So there's that in there. Yeah. That she never brought up while dealing with the black bride in the first one but you know what that's okay so quinn goes to elise for help elise says no and then everything starts going sideways she gets hit by the car you know people in the apartment building she's in are talking about the part the man who can't breathe like the lady who lives down the, the hall lady who lives home. down the hall gets like can see and kind of tells her elise not elise um quinn 
you know, I hear him too, but she's seen as, you know, she has a bit of dementia. And so, well, what is she talking about? Kind of a thing. Yeah. And then um, once she crosses over, she ends up helping to kind of guide things back to normal once they're on the other side, the the further. The the father goes to Elise for help. And again, she says no. Well, she comes over and then that's when she's attacked doing the seance thing. And she's like, I can't, I I can't do this. I got to go. So the, it's the youngest son who's like, there's these guys on the internet that fight ghosts. Yeah, and that's where... And it's Bex and Tucker who have... <laughs> Tucker has a fucking insane mohawk in Yes. movie. Very silly. Um, and then and they're doing the same thing, but it's a lot more show. It's, it's not real. They're doing ghost hunter shit. Right. Right? Like, there's a camera, and it's black, and, or it's a, that night vision green, and they're... And so they can see ghosts, and they... But they have no idea how to fight them. Or what to do once they've been found. Yeah. Sort of a thing. Like, oh, shit. That's what we Elise brings to what the do table. Do? And then it's ultimately Elise who has to come back and save Quinn. And then they back. team up. and They have the equipment. She has the power and what to do. So that's yeah. kind of how that wraps up. Um, although, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. she does free Quinn, get her almost back to her body. Yes. And then the men in... Uh, the man who can't breathe gets her again and it's a whole thing and she's dying and the whole family's around Quinn's body in the real world and then her mom it's her mom who has to come back very poltergeist too with grandma yes and save Quinn from just giving up and and dying Um, leaving her spirit in the further I guess is what we're supposed to say and then if you want to be like the movie vocab and then it ends with Elise walking off into the sunset or in this case, Sunrise, with uh, Tucker and Specs. Yep. Having just started a business, which will only last for a couple years because Josh Lambert will murder her a couple years after this. Correct. Movie. <laughs> it, it, what was it, like five years or something like that? It's baby. I think this movie takes place in 2007. Okay. And then it takes place in, in, like in the opening, it says, you know, a few years before. So we know that. We know that much, at least. I know that. If you're listening to this in your car, you're like, wow, they fucking rambled. This movie's got a lot going on, and it's really convoluted at times. Yeah. It, it's hard. It's not It's not as straightforward as the other Insidious movies, that's for sure. And the others, I mean, the, the, the two that we've seen. Speaking of which, I guess we're watching the... So how many are there total? Are we watching the last one, There's or are there four? They're actually making a fifth one, which is interesting. So okay. maybe we'll loop back at when they make that and um, watch it. Okay. We'll see. It's supposed to deal with the Maybe it'll be a special again. edition type thing. So so I do want to talk about, I guess, a couple mm-hmm. of things that I noticed that we could talk about as far as themes. Symbolism. Definitely, you know, the disconnect between fathers and daughters. Um, she, you know, hates her dad. She misses her mom. Her dad doesn't know how to do anything. You know, there. that's definitely an element of it. What else did you pick up on? Uh, I got two. Okay. Um, First, this movie deals more so than the previous Insidious films with the idea of loss. Right. I mean, they're ghosts. Direct. People lost them at some point, right? Mm-hmm. So this movie deals a lot about loss of uh, loss of loved ones. The Brenners lose their mother and their wife. Right. And then right? their neighbor loses... His wife. His wife, who's also the, the one who aforementioned yeah. could, like, help see. El- and... Elise loses her husband. Mm-hmm. And... Quinn loses her kind of dreams of acting okay. in a one-two punch. Like, she bombs that audition. Yes. And then she gets him by the fucking car, so she is just stuck in a bed. 
Yep. So this movie is very much dealing with like everything is everyone's losing things, yes. losing loved ones, um, losing, losing their freedom, abilities, and losing Elise, their dreams. Elise has to deal with Elise does this whole speech where she tries to give up her power, but that's who she is. And so there's a lot of identity. Like she tries to not be who she is. Yeah, loss of identity. Yeah. Right. I'm, you're so wrapped up in I'm this person who does this thing. Who are you if you don't do that thing? Right. Right. So I think that leads into the second the second piece of this uh, movie. That you have. Okay. Which is acceptance. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I can, it, that part of the, you know, grief process. Finally. Okay. Yeah. Like Elise she's has gone. to come to terms with her husband when she sees him, but it's. Not Amanda him. can't breathe trying to trick her. And she's like, no, he would never ask yeah. me to kill myself. So, and then she has that moment where she's like the most powerful. She gets to get some closure. The whole movie. She gets a little bit of closure. She stands up to him. She kicks the ever loving shit out of the man who can't breathe. Yes. For a Rips his breathing mask um, off. She comes to terms and accepts who she is in her place in the world with her mm-hmm. powers. Right. At the end, when she very beautiful. makes the decision to go back into business, and this time with uh, Tucker and Specs, I keep saying Tucker and Tonks, Specs, Specs and Tonks. I don't know why. <laughs> and then the the family has to come to terms with mom, the, yeah, the loss of their mom, and dad is, you know, the only parent you've got. Yeah, and, and when you know, you've got to get over your shit. And their new family dynamic, right? Right. I think that's what I was trying to get to because yeah. I think it <clears throat> it's the unfair thing where. He expects her to do too much parenting of the younger child. And she expects him to grieve and mourn and be very, you know, open about his grief. Yeah. Whereas he's just trying to deal with his grief privately and keep the family working and moving forward. Exactly. She she wants him, she wants her father to be like her. Right. Open, talking about mom all the time. And he wants her to be like him which is like stoic keep your head down and make very british in that way make the family work yeah and they both have the same goal in mind which is you know thriving post losing their mom and and wife but they're going about it in different ways and it takes this tragic event for them to be able to get on the same footing again yeah it was very sad in that way but it was also very you know nice and and like you said poltergeist three mom comes out you know she doesn't like come down from the clouds the way grandma did but she comes out and it's beautiful and whispers something in her daughter's ear and her daughter immediately returns to her body and all is well again i i think this works better here than it does in poltergeist 2 i think poltergeist 2 we talked about it feels a little rushed Mm -hmm. where it's like (laughs) it builds to a giant climax and then they're just like boop 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 done in like five minutes yeah this feels earned, yeah, but it still feels, and I, I feel like somewhere someone's going to disagree with me on this. It feels oh. corny. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. There was definitely some like cornball, like when she, <gasps> when Elise finally, like, you're, I, you have no power over me, and like throws him against the wall, and it's very dramatic and mm-hmm. corny, but. Yeah, I see. It feels like when her mom came out and started whispering in her ear, for some reason in my head, I imagine the scene in Scott Pilgrim versus the world where it's like, Scott earned the power of love. He pulls the guitar <laughs> yes, out of his chest. Kind of. Like, that's what I thought of. Like, 
I think it works, but I think it's. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Insidious three feels like it would have been better if it would have been a movie that existed outside of the Insidious universe. Yes. Like it plays with some of the tropes, like the further and Elise and all that stuff, and that's great. But I think as a film, because it's a good scary movie, right? But it's not a great insidious movie. Okay. If that makes sense. Yes. Right. It does just enough to check off the boxes to justify it being in the insidious universe, right? It does mm-hmm. give us the fun thing of like, oh, how does T- Tucker and Specs? How do they meet? How do they meet? How does this and- very proper young, not young, very proper elderly woman meet up with these young punk guys and? It, How did they go from wearing He-Man right. t-shirts to being dressed like they're going door-to-door to tell you about the Lord? Yeah, Mormons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that stuff is nice, but all in all, like mm. it's got a lot of good scares. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and ask you this now. What was your favorite scare? Or what do you think? I know the, the one. The that, car. The, the car is the one that was yeah. your favorite. I know it scared you the most. That one at, or at the end when the lipstick monster, boom, his face appears yeah. again. That always gets me. I would say my favorite scare in this whole movie is the one with the window where the feet go to the window and then the dad looks out and you see the figure laying on the ground. Yeah. Oh. And then she looks out and he's right, right there, there and tries to blow out of the window. Blah. Which is good. It's a Blah. good scare. But it breaks the basic rules of ghosts in these movies. Okay, what do you mean? He just shows up, like, he's just showing up and physically interacting with the world. Yeah. And the dad. And trying to pull her out the window. That, like, in the first yeah, two films, that got, the ghost had to physically cross over to really fuck with people. Like, they could throw things around and, like, temper tantrums and they could scare the shit out of you. They couldn't, like, physically. But he's, like, leaving footprints. Yeah, and, like, all over the place. Leaving what looks like a dead body at the bottom of... You know, the apartment building and all kinds of... Like, mm-hmm. it works to set up the scares because, again, this movie is... I I think, side by side, this movie has better scares, in quotes, than Insidious Chapter 2. You do. But I do not think this movie is nearly as good as Insidious Chapter 2. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. Right. It's not... The, yeah. The scares are good. Like I said, a jump scare. And they're good at that. Um, but this, yeah, the storyline was a little, dis- a little disjointed, I'll say. It's a little, a little bit. They try to put too much in. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they knew, wow, you know, when you get to the third film, it's usually when it starts going off the rails. So let's make this one go off the rails enough oh. that we're not doing the same movie over and over again. Yeah. And like Poltergeist 3, for instance, right? It's just the same. Oh, oh, yeah. It's the same basic premise. You're following the same new world. characters. Right. Same characters, new world. And that, yes, that's exactly what this did. What about next week? It's Insidious time. So is this going to be a prequel? Like, for the whole thing? Get the story of the Black Bride or whatever we're calling no, I her. Can't, I can't tell you any of this stuff because you have to guess it. I don't appreciate. Uh, it is called Insidious, that. The Last Key. The Last Key. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Again, exploitation film, this movie is not. It's a ghost story. Um, so we can kind of just gloss over that. I 
we watched it with your mom. She really liked it. Yeah. I think she had the same interaction that my mom did. Which somewhat. was? My mom was like, this movie's good, but it's not nearly as good as the first and the second one. And I'm like, yeah, the first and the second one are better movies. Um, I think your mom appreciated the ending a lot more than my mom did. Like, your mom really fell into that, like, oh, it's her mom's safe. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's an angel. Like, your mom really seemed to like that. Yeah. And got really That emotional. was very sweet. Yeah. And your mom just probably mom laughed like, it. Uh, what? That's yeah. it. Okay, whatever. There was one more scare after that. She was happy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have anything to wrap up about Insidious Chapter 3 that we need to go over? No, I think that's it. Um, Once you get into sequels, you know, there's not a lot to kind of break down. I will say, for a movie that was made for $11 million and it made $113 million, it was definitely going to have a part four. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Wow. So, um, okay. I just want to point out before we go, I don't think Insidious Chapter 3 is a bad movie. I just think of the three we've watched so far, it's clearly the weakest link in the Insidious story. Agreed. Will Insidious Chapter 4 or Insidious The Last Key top it? I don't know. We'll find out. All right. Well, join us next week, won't you? Mind the doors.